1: Since 1966, the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences has awarded the Emmy for Outstanding Drama Series to more than 30 TV shows. Some have won the honor once, some up to four times, the most any series has ever won. While the bar has been significantly raised on what constitutes top-tier television, all of the shows to receive the best drama series honor deserve consideration. And so, the great pop culture debate wants to determine, what is the best TV series to win the Emmy for best drama? Tell Dr. Doug Ross that I'm waiting in the ER cause I'll be his baby tonight. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panel who are in no way endorsed by this or any academy. In a world full of Peggy's and Betty's, she remains a Joan.
0: It's the panel's favorite redheaded goddess, Kate Rekulia. Eric, go home, take a paper bag and cut some eye holes out of it. Put it over your head, get undressed and look at yourself in the mirror. Really evaluate where your strengths and weaknesses are. Be honest.
1: Um, that's how I spend most of my Saturday nights.
0: Thank you, Kate. You are
1: welcome. He needs to book a follow-up appointment with Dr. Melfi to discuss his recurring dream about fox. I mean, ducks. It's Kevin Dillon. A bada bing, gabagool. Hey, yeah, yay, yay, yeah,
0: I'm offended as an Italian. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, oh, sorry I'm sure an, you're no,
1: Italian. No,
0: I'm Italian. Oh,
1: I'm Italian too. I had chicken parm for dinner. <laughs> 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 I had chicken parm for dinner. I'm an honorary Italian. Yeah. And lastly, our extra special guest panelist drinks from the keg of glory. Please welcome to the podcast, Steve Nikoloff.
2: I bring the finest muffins and bagels in all the land.
1: And honestly, a muffin sounds amazing right now, so I'm gonna take you up on that. So for those listening, this is a special Patreon sponsored episode. Our top tier Patreons get to pick a mini-so topic for us to cover each year, and also get to select the panel. Steve, why did you select best drama series winner as your topic?
2: Well, First and foremost, I'm an award show junkie. Uh, I can't get enough of award shows for the most part, and I can't explain why. I don't know if it's latent narcissism or my love of gold statues or something along those lines. But, uh, But I particularly like the Emmys. I... I watch a lot of TV, I'm not going to lie, and um, so this really spoke to me, especially after you guys have done a couple other best, you know, best picture, best comedy series, I thought drama needed to get its due.
1: It's a great point. And you are in very good company with the people on this uh, show, this episode, who watch a lot of television and are also weirdly award show obsessed. I mean, Kevin is the most award show obsessed person I've ever met in my life.
3: It's true. I have
1: been on
3: Gold Derby probably since like 1998 and like predicting award shows and doing all that good stuff. And I get very competitive and I win. All the time.
1: <laughs> Which is going to make a really fun episode. And I'll remind Kevin that our Patreon is our special guest, so he has to be nice. I'm
3: going to be on my best behavior tonight. I'll Thank try. Thank you, sweet. Oh, I really hope you don't.
1: <laughs> don't ask for things that you don't want to put up with.
3: If you ask, I will deliver.
1: <laughs> so, FYI, there are actually two more of the top-tier Patreon slots that are now open. So, if you're interested in sponsoring a debate, head over to Patreon and become one of our best supporters ever now. So how does this work? Since this is a mini-sode, there was no public poll. Our panelists went through the 30-plus winners for Outstanding Drama Series in the history of the Enries. We individually ranked our top 15s, and from that, we created seedings based on those scores, with the top 16 overall making the bracket. Now, we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can go to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the Polls and Brackets tab There you'll find the listener bracket for this and every episode. Make a copy for yourself. That is super important. I keep getting these Gmail alerts. Somebody wants to share this document. No, make a copy. Um, Fill it out and see if your picks match up with ours. I will also start by saying that there were a few shows that I was genuinely surprised did not make the bracket for us that had won the Emmy for Best Drama Series. Succession. um, I, I think I was the only person to put Succession on my picks, and I was curious from the panel... Did you not consider it a drama? I thought that may be the issue. Anyone want to chime in there?
0: I haven't. I watched one episode and I was like, the times are too dark. All these people hate each other. Normally, this is my jam, rich people being terrible, but I just I haven't watched it. So that's why. (laughs) I'll
2: be honest. Me, me, too. I, I just I don't know. I watched an episode or two and I didn't get into it. And then everyone told me how good it was. And I just there's so much on TV right now. I've never made it back to watch it. But I will say, I do hope at some point to go and watch it now that season three is coming out.
1: Yeah. And I know Kevin watches it because he and I watched it together. I love it. Yeah. I was curious. I don't think it made your bracket either. Kevin. It didn't. It, you know what it is. It's
3: like Reese. It's that, you know, me, I'm very anti recency bias. And so I think I intentionally didn't put it on. Cause it's like, it is two seasons in. I do think it's fantastic. I, I just not, I'm not sure that we're at a legacy point yet with the show. This third season is coming out soon, and I think we'll get there. Uh, I know I I know based on the posters that we will get there. Good lord, the poster of Jerry <laughs> and Kieran Cul- uh, Kieran Culkin's character like looking at each other in this like Harold and Maude kind of way.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. Honestly, that that poster made me want to go back and watch it more than the episodes that I watched. (laughs) I will
1: also say this. If you watched an episode or two from season one, the tone of season one is very different from the tone of season two season one. They kind of lean a little bit more into broad comedy, especially with the Tom Gregg stuff. Um, that's still there in season two, but it's much darker and much sharper. I, I mean, Kevin, am I wrong? Do you feel like there's a tonal shift?
3: Yeah, I think they're leaning into the farce of it all a little bit, but in a darker way. I still am waiting for those two to have sex. I mean, it has to happen. I really need it. I need I cousin think before Bre-
1: the end of the show.
3: It has to. Um, But no, I think you're right. I think it really veers into, like, the Kendall of it all and the darkness of that character. Um, And I'm not going to spoil any part of season one because it... The way season one ends builds into the darkness. I'll just say that. And yeah. like it is, it is a really, you have to, if you, you have to go in it knowing that they're terrible. It's like watching Vanderpump Rules if you were ever a Vanderpump Rules person. <laughs> they're all just awful human beings. And you just have to get on board with that or jump off the train.
0: And normally I dig that, but I, yeah, it just, I, and I could kind of tell too, I was like, if I just stick with this, it's going to pay off and I'm going to love it. Right. But I just hadn't. I think it's hard to
2: evaluate a show that's still airing too. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, there's a few, none of the shows on our bracket are still on the air. And it, there's also a, a a couple shows on here that if it was still airing, I would have probably advanced it. But now knowing how it ends, yeah. I'm like, ugh. you know, so it's, I think it's hard to evaluate even the crown. I mean, granted, I loved season four. I mean, I think everyone did, but we're getting a whole new cast. So it's hard to say, you know, what's going to happen as we move
1: forward. Yeah. And I do want to address that uh, particular uh, not elephant. What is it? Clydesdale? What are the uh, I don't know. Uh, corgi, the corgi, it's a corgi in, the in, room. in the room. Yes. <laughs>
0: I wish there were a corgi in this room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, You will not find the, the crown on this bracket. We started working on this episode before the Emmys took place in 2021. So we did not know they had uh, won that honor at that point. Uh, so just put it out of your mind. Ignore it. Just like the royal family does with Prince Edward. So um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I was also surprised that nobody else voted for Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I was curious if anybody had any thoughts on that. I will. I did not rank it very high. I could only get through the first season and maybe a quarter of Handmaid's Tale because it same, is...
0: Same, same. I watched the first season and I was just like, I I love that book. I love that book. And I actually thought the first season was a really interesting work of adaptation, but watching it when it came out in the moment that it did, I was like, this feels clarifying, but I was like, I can't go there. I can't continue to live in this fictional world. And and I think just from what I've picked up from the discourse that like the show has not... Has, it has continued, but it has not necessarily advanced or grown as a show. I will, say,
2: I will say to that, Kate, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that season one with the source material definitely had a, a trajectory that they were on. Yeah. Seasons two and three really, I mean, really, it got dark and back yeah. and forth and floundered. But then I will say season four, the most recent season, was excellent. And so... Again, I think it goes to this idea that it's really hard to evaluate a show that's still airing.
1: And running, yeah. Yeah, that's is. such a great point that, you, that both you and Kevin have brought up. And I'm immediately flashing, and, and we'll get into this later, but, like, Game of Thrones and Lost. Both of them are on this list. Both of yep. them are these brackets. And I think you have to have that conversation. Uh, are we looking at the seasons in particular that won? Or mm-hmm. are we
0: looking at how yeah. it was overall? Yep, domestic yeah, did stick the landing, et cetera, versus this is, transcendent he, yep, season. Exactly.
1: Yep. This is one of the things that I have been uh discussed with, with listeners who were like, you all need to be more transparent about your rubric about why you're voting for certain things. So I was like, thank you. I will take me with that. no it is, it's actually very good feedback. And, it is and I know I, I came in and, and was acting like I was pissy about that, but I wasn't. It's actually like, no, you're right. You like we need to explain where we're coming from in this. But as we're going through these battles, I think that's something for us to keep in mind. Like, are you thinking strictly about the seasons that won or are you thinking about the show overall? And generally Eric, with me, yes,
3: sir. You could be just as lazy as the Emmy voters and give no reason to how they pick the people <laughs> and just rubber stamp thing. Isn't that how you do it? That's You just pick the same show for every award. Thanks, Emmy voters, the last two years. Just say Modern Family, Kevin. <laughs> Oof. Oh, I would not know. A modern fi- – oh, don't even get start on that show.
1: Uh, the other two that I was surprised did not make it onto our brackets were L.A. Law and Cagney and Lacey, a little bit older. Um, but I also know that my panel wanted to briefly talk about shows that they were surprised actually never won the Emmy for Best Drama Series. Kevin, did you have something that you want to talk about specifically?
3: Well, we have for, so the one thing that always like is a, is a stain on the Emmys is like, and and I know this is one of those things that always gets said is that the wire was never nominated for drama series. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's just the the Emmys hate, hate David Simon. They hate him. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't nominate any of his shows. He also did the plot against America. And I understand why that show did not get nominated. It's about what if a white supremacist was elected to the White House? And it was during the Trump. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, oh, I get that one. But The Wire was so good. I think The Wire just honestly shows their bias against show centered around black folks. Um, but I guess I'm kind of surprised that Downton Abbey never won the drama series.
0: It, it's interesting. It I don't think it very ever
2: much beat like, the limit. i oh, sorry, Kate, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, it seems very much like Emmy bait. It does. Exactly. Yeah. It won
2: limited series. It didn't break out of the limited series. I think people right. always thought about it like that. I mean, I wish the good wife had won. That
3: is a wish, but that never did. Cause that is the like last Great network TV show to be nominated. Sorry, This Is Us. Uh, no, you're not right. Sorry,
0: You're right. Kevin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: you're right. <laughs> but The Good Wife. I mean, that one season. I think it was season five, where like everyone was like jumping on the like. I don't want to spoil it for people who've never watched, but like the Josh Charles story, the Christine Baranski. Them. It was just such a good season. I think that was the last season of Breaking Bad, though, so it was never going to win, but. Mm-hmm. that would have been the one that I would have been excited for on this list is the good
1: wife.
0: Kate, what about you? I, the Americans, Mm. what an accomplishment that television show from beginning to end. uh, Talk about, shows that stick the landing there are times during my regular day when i'm just walking around and i'll hear um a certain youtube song and just like be unable yep. to function <laughs> for like Five or ten minutes. Incredible talking show. talking about
1: the album that, kept, that keeps appearing on my iPhone, even though i deleted it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
0: Not, not the Ghost U2 album. The correctly okay. deployed. I think it's, it's With or Without You. Yes, that's what it is. It's mm. so great. Great, great, great show. Um, And also Deadwood. Like, yeah. Deadwood ended in a weird place. I actually still haven't seen the movie. Um, but such a... Such a, an incredible TV show that just never, I don't think it got any, I mean, people were like, you should watch Deadwood, but I think it was a little impenetrable for some people. Um, but those are my two that I wish had gotten a little more love.
1: Steve, what about you? Any thoughts?
2: Uh, I don't want to piggyback on Kevin, but it, it, it and and I don't want to go against my own rules of not talking about shows that have not stopped airing. But my God, how has The Good Fight been nominated for nothing oh, i don't, don't understand that. I, I i don't christine baranski is a goddess i don't understand the fact that her only emmys are for that sybil shepherd show i actually love that show though yeah. oh, i loved the show and i loved her character marianne but my god if that doesn't limit her abilities as an actress it's it's so good, the Good Fight. I mean, the the first season was a little uneven. They didn't know what to do with the whole like Bernie Madoff storyline, but once they got rid of that and they really leaned into this sort of, for lack of a better term, the Trump years. Man, that show really just—I fa- think it's better than The Good Wife on some levels.
3: It is. I
2: agree.
1: Yeah, I you actually will never agree. Find a bigger supporter of the good fight than Kevin. He's oh a God, champ Kevin,
2: you and I are cut from the same cloth then because so I, I can't get enough of that show.
1: Awesome. Anything else for you? No, that's it. Okay. There was one that just came to my mind, and of course, it's already gone. So with that, uh, <laughs> let's just get on to the debates. Uh, for the first time in the history of the great pop culture debate, we have <gasps> unanimous panelist picks on six... Out of the eight round one matchups damn, that never happens. But uh, so even though we will be breezing through by the initial, the actual, vote without actual voting here, we're still going to give you some arguments since that's presumably why you're listening to this show. <laughs> um, and so we will be touching on some of the ones that we nixed. First up, AMC's Mad Men, a four-time Best Drama Series winner, didn't need any fancy ad campaign to easily knock out CBS's two-time winner, Lou Grant. And I think, Kevin, you wanted to mention a little bit about about Lou Grant before we moved on?
3: Yeah, just briefly. I think that it was really great to see James L. Brooks transition into, it's not even really, it's not a dramedy, a drama that really highlights um, some of the depth and breadth of his work. I've not seen all of Lou Grant, but I've seen episodes of it. I I feel like I watched it at my grandparents' house in like reruns. Um, But like that was their kind of, Gig, they liked shows about like journalism and like exposing the truth, and and that was kind of what—not even kind of—that was what that show did. It took the like silliness and loveliness of Mary Tyler Moore, and turned this kind of. Lou Grant in Mary Tyler Moore is very dour. He's very like curmudgeonly and cranky. Spunk. Yeah, I hate spunk, and in this, he's like very nurturing but firm and there's like a tenderness to him that i think you actually kind of see evolve in the mary tyler moore show but this yeah, show really the yeah towards the end this show really em- employs this which i think is a brilliant shift because you rarely see the comedy spin-off turned into a drama like that doesn't happen right and and Ed Asner, I think, was the first person to win for playing the same character in both comedies and, dra- and drama. Oh, that's um, cool.
0: That's good trivia.
3: Yeah, and that's, like, impressive. And he's just an impressive feat, and he carries this show on his back in large way, but I remember like really liking the supporting cast. That's where I first, I think I first saw Nancy Marchand, although it might have been the remake of Sabrina. And I was obsessed with her in that movie. (laughs) She played their mother and she was so good. Oh, I loved her in that. And um, the other thing that's also fascinating about this is the way it was canceled. Allegedly it was canceled because of Ed Asner's politics, him being, um, uh, vocally opposed to US government policies in Central America um which I think is fascinating and I, I mean it was a CBS show so of course it, it probably was cancelled for that um but they alleged low r- ratings which the ratings for this show this I feel like was kind of as prestige as you got in the beginning this was I would say the first maybe genuinely u.s based prestige, emmy winner probably
1: i mean look i look at i looked at the list going back to 1950 and it wasn't called outstanding emmy until 1966 and it was a lot of like playhouse 90 and like some some really like you're like Really? Like, her?
0: That, that <laughs> was the stuff that was really <laughs> <laughs> and, You have a great personality. <laughs>
1: exactly. And uh, sort of gravity. But um, Lou Grant was, I think, the first one that could be considered prestige. So I, I'm glad that we gave him its moment in the sun. And also, on this podcast, we stan at Asner. He yes, is an we American do. R-I-P. Yes. R-I-P. 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 R.I.P. R.I.P. So sad. Uh, although a great life and an amazing career. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So next up, NBC's The West Wing, a four-time Best Drama Series winner, won the popular vote over ABC's 30-something, a one-time Best Drama winner, causing that show to go into a total meltdown by questioning all of its life decisions. So before we move forward, I will speak a little bit on behalf of 30-something. 30-something came out right when I was starting to become actually involved in popular culture in a real way. Um, I remember it winning, and it was kind of a surprise win because it was not a rating success. Um, it was that kind of the, the little show that could. Um, I do think it was very much a show of its time, and kind of gave us or normalized the neurotic boomer adult, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think it like it became that show about just ordinary people living ordinary lives and struggling and trying to figure out what the fuck they were doing as they cruised down that highway to a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, and now that's everywhere, right? I mean, you, yeah. the countless shows have, have, have kind of taken that, that setup.
0: How um, many midlife crises ended up in little Timmy's snow globe though? Uh, uh, that's a great point. <laughs>
1: that's a great point. Is that
0: what won that year? Uh, no, no, no. I, that's the, the final episode of 30-something. I don't think it was their final episode, that right? No, that was Elsewhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so sorry.
1: Which also d- never won the best Emmy <laughs> I mean, for best wait, drama, which surprised yeah, me because
0: I assume no. St. Elsewhere like, had. I feel like I should walk away from this podcast right <laughs> no, now. I'm so fine. sorry. I will say nice.
2: so as it as to 30-something, it was also the first time we saw characters really graduate from supporting roles to lead roles. Um, as they kind of figured out who was good. I don't mean that, but like Patricia Wedding, for instance, was the first person to really, well, she won supporting actress for that role, and then she won lead actress not too long after that, kind of like some other people who I might talk about later in this podcast. But, um, you know, it was a show that was willing to adapt to the storyline as opposed to trying to force a storyline down the road.
1: That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, it, it definitely seemed like a more low key type of show than many of the ones that are on here, which I think have a very strong narrative drive. And maybe that's just because, again, I was only quasi aware of it and was not as like it, I was probably a early teen when that was on, as opposed to a 30 something, which would be the, the target demographic. But I didn't feel like it was as um, intense of a show. Is it, the fir-
3: is it the first, like, s- I hate to use this term because it's pejoratively used. Is it the, like, first, like, kind of, like, soapy-adjacent winner? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: It honestly might be, like, the only one.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, guess
2: maybe picket fences, but, I mean, that's not really soapy. It, no. but, yeah. I, I can't, but it's not, like, brothers and sisters or right. something like that ever won. Or, like, I, it, the soapy ones tended to get... Lumped into the comedy category,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm.
3: or they were a literal, a literal nighttime soap like Dallas, which. Oh. <sighs>
2: Oh, uh, or like, Dynasty.
1: Dynasty. 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 Oh, this is a Dynasty landing. house.
2: This is a Dynasty <laughs> yeah. house.
3: Eric very,
1: loves very, Dynasty. Very, <laughs> I have actual pillows. I've never talked about this on the podcast. My <gasps> actual Alexis and Crystal throw pillows. And people are like, Is it okay if I sit on Alexis's face? And I'm like, Alexis would want you to sit on <laughs> <laughs> um, And that's the truth. But all that said, let's moving on. Uh, HBO's The Sopranos, which won two best drama series trophies, had more than a enough bada bing to quit the brits of pbs's upstairs downstairs a three-time drama series winner steve you wanted to say something in defense of the many different stairs in the show
2: <laughs> Well, yeah I, I just think that so many people don't even know what this show is but without upstairs downstairs we wouldn't have gosford park and we wouldn't have downton abbey you know it's 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 the show that launched a thousand shows if if you will for sort of that british sector of what we view in America at least used to be via masterpiece theater for the most part. Um, And I I just think it, it needs its due as the first drama that, that, that kind of made it stateside to, Really portray the, the the class struggle between between the upstairs and the downstairs, and, and and but but yet to look at the lives very intricately of all of them, and I I just think that a lot of people love Down Abbey, and if they went and watched Upstairs Downstairs, I think they would be find out that this is not a new concept.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. Do we know if that's streaming anywhere?
2: i don't
3: you know what you know where it might be and i and i haven't there's um a brit box i wonder if it's on
1: brit box yeah Yeah, i bet it is do you know what we're gonna do you can watch it it's on amazon prime stop it really (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh that's amazing i'd love to watch that i actually have that um i mean duh. and on Uh, hulu Okay, have Hulu too. And and what we're going to do, folks, by the way, is we will, when we publish this on our website, we will actually show wh- like where you can watch these shows. I'm not going to remember saying that until I'm listening to this episode in my car and saying, oh, shit, I forgot to put those up. But I will. So give me like a week, and we'll put that up there for you. Uh, So thank you, Steve. That's very helpful. Um, We were not unanimous in our next matchup with AMC's Breaking Bad, a two-time winner, receiving three-quarters of the panel votes, but Kate wants to plead the case for NBC's Law & Order and its sole Best Drama Series victory. I will blow smoke for Walter White's cautionary tale, while Kate explains why Law & Order is more than just a patented procedural. Uh, And Kate, you're going to go first.
0: Talk about iconic. Take a drink. <laughs> drink. So, you know, when I was uh, kind of looking into Law and & Order and thinking about how I was going to make this argument, and I did, the way I made my arguments was, what is the influence of this show? And I did think about the whole show, not just the season that won. So that's really interesting that people mentioned that previously. Um, so what is, how, how does this show... Predict or influence the rest of television that came after it. What is the artistic achievement of the show itself, aesthetically, and then my own completely subjective feelings. Um, so, in terms of like influence, Law and Order's influence is so wild for us to think about it being like an Emmy drama award winner. I was like, really? Because like so much of TV we think of now as these kind of prestige tour shows that get the Emmy for best drama, but Law and Order arguably it's been on since 1990 <laughs> like yeah that's a long effing time it has shaped so much about what we think te- procedural shows are legal shows are cop shows like and it, it feels sort of like that's its defining first innovation like dick wolf <laughs> dick wolf <laughs> was like <laughs> what if you what if you had a cop show and a legal show what if they were the same show chung chung and like (laughs) the Reese's peanut butter cup of procedural television ladies and gentlemen it's so brilliant and like from so much spring fully formed from the head of OG Law and Order SVU criminal intent it ultimately gave us Mariska Hargitay as Olivia Benson and Chris Maloney as the internet's thirst object like Mm. and Mm. in the OG version Jerry Orbach Sam Waterston so many incredible Essa Murkerson. So many incredible people. Could you criticize the show for the way that it upholds a cultural narrative that consistently humanizes policing forces without looking at policing itself as systemically oppressive, particularly black and renowned communities? Oh, yes, you could. <laughs> but all that to say, it is incredibly influential. I have watched so much Law and Order at the gym. It always... Soothes me and gives me probably too easily a feeling of law and justice being served and or not served. And those are my highly subjective feelings. Now, I think law and order as a defining influential force of television. I don't think you get breaking bad until you have law and order first. So think about that. Fair
1: point. I think that's an interesting I, it's an interesting <laughs> argument. I'm, Come not at sure, me. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm buying it, but I will say this first of all one of NBC's biggest mistakes in the history of that network was canceling original recipe lawn order. Like, well, now it's coming yeah. back. I it's know, back. it's coming, coming back. It back yeah. But, like, what were you thinking? Like, even if it's not doing well for a couple years, just do some casting changes and you're going to figure it out. Like, that show had had peaks and valleys before. Cutting bait on it, wild to me. And, like, I remember at the time, literally, like, p- pop culture critics being like, You are so stupid. What are you doing? Um, I'm
0: sure it's partially because it's just like syndicated up the wazoo. It lost some of its like allure. This is just me like talking out of my butt. I don't actually know. Like, but like, but you're right. Like, it is an institution, the way for better or for the worse. The Simpsons is an institution about American television.
3: They lost the casting magic for that show. They did for a
0: while. That it, it,
3: it was just something. I don't know why, I, because maybe they were too focused on Law & Order SVU, yeah. which, like... But they had the same cast for a really long time. and e- But even that show did a good job of, like, recasting folks yes. for the most part. Yes. Um, I will... I mean, I'm still a Maloney fan. But Law & Order, like, once you lost... Um, once you lost... Obviously, Jerry or- Orbach passed away. But, like, once you they were too hell-bent, like, people wanted to leave that show because they were like, I'm gonna be a movie star. Sorry, yeah. Benjamin Bratt, you weren't going to become a movie star. Um, but, like, I mean, you had him, you had Jessel Martin, you had all these, like, really talented, I say lean into your Broadway, New York-based people. Yes. Bring, Sam, yes. bring Sam Waterston back. Yes. Make yes. him the yes. DA. Yes.
0: Make, it, yes. make it a New York... It is a New York show shot in New York. Make and it New make York it about show. the
3: problems of policing and the law. Yes. You'll never get that from Dick Wolf, but... But no. do no. that, and you've got a good show on your hands.
2: They had a real problem on that show with casting a second district attorney. Yes, they were yes. <laughs> so I don't like after, after Jill Hennessy left. Carrie Lowell was good. She's great. Angie Harmon was fine. Yep. But after that, holy moly. What were we doing? Elizabeth Rum. Oh Oh, my
3: gosh. Oh my
1: gosh. I'm a
3: lesbian. That's that's why you fired fired me. Is this because I'm a lesbian? I'm a lesbian. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs)
1: Uh, But all that being said, I actually think part of what makes Law and Order such a magical show was the fact that it was a rotating cast of yes. characters. Yeah. Yes. That's and, true. Like just what a dumb decision to cancel that. Mm-hmm. And I do think yeah. it harms its legacy ultimately. But That's I'm yeah. here to talk about Breaking Bad. So <laughs> why should Breaking Bad advance here? Um, first I will say because it came out of nowhere. Like Vince Gilligan was not really a creator that people knew. He was not a known property. Like before this show, he had just done some X-Files stuff and like the lone gunman spinoff, but he was not exactly like known as an auteur. Right. And here comes this show on AMC, which had just started to become like legit with walking dead and mad men. And they were looking for like, we need to get some legs. We need another big one. And here comes this show about a school teacher who decides to become a meth kingpin. What? Like, and that's amazing, right? That's like high concept stuff. And it was so out of nowhere, but it was so good. And I think, frankly, and again, you we were talking earlier, am I looking at the seasons that won or am I looking at the series as a whole? I'm looking at both because in my opinion, Breaking Bad does not have a bad season. Breaking Bad is consistently mm. good. It starts off a little bit shaky as again, they're trying to figure out that tone, but then it gets harrowing towards the end once you bring in gus once you bring in like uh, you start getting into the stuff with saul and that whole like,
0: Irma Trout. <laughs> like it
1: is terrific television and yeah. i think what also makes it so special is you had career defining roles for actors who had been around for a while and in kind of a bunch of different places brian cranston was best known as the dopey dad on Knock'em in the middle and he became like a legit actor from this show. Aaron Paul, I think, was kind of like a second banana in some teen shows. Legit actor. Kristen Ritter got her, her start, really, with this show, in my opinion. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, Jonathan Banks. Bob Odenkirk. I'm also going to give a shout-out to Anna Gunn, who I think was really terrific in a role that many found to be unsympathetic. And I do think looking back on that now, there's a lot of misogyny in the way people do. It was. It sure was. Yep. Uh, yeah. sure was. Sure very was. ugly. And I think she's actually a very gifted actress and was excellent in that role. So for me though, what is actually amazing about Breaking Bad, and I was seeing it while it was happening. I was like, all of these dumb white people are just like, yeah, Walter White, go. I'm like, you're rooting for Lex Luthor. You get that, right? Like, this is not... He's not the hero. He's not even an anti-hero. This is a show about a supervillain who, like... (laughs) He's dealt a really crappy hand of cards. But he takes that and he breaks bad and basically becomes... A terror for his community and destroys almost everything. His family, his friends. Everything.
2: Oh my God, Eric! It's your Emperor Palpatine argument all over again. <laughs>
1: he is, oh he's God. not intending I mean, to do that. Literally coming problem. back to bite you. Exactly, <laughs> but he didn't intend. Like he, his intention was not to. Become this drug kingpin. He kind of lucked into it. He just happened to be very good at it. Um, whereas Palpatine knew what he was doing. And that's why I maintain (laughs) to this day, robbed queen. Um, but you know, seriously, I I always thought that the greatest trick that this show did was getting everybody to root for ultimately a truly bad human being. And no one it kind of like Dexter, like I'm like, no, wait, like at least Dexter was killing other bad people, but Walter White's concocting meth, which is being sold to kids like let's let's be look at this clearly so um for that reason i think it is um an amazing uh coup de grace of this show to to kind of pull that off and it's also a sad commentary on 21st century america and for that reason i think it's a fantastic emmy winner um
3: so i thought you were going to say for meth you were going to vote for it but that is also a good reason
1: i'll pass on that one but okay. i do want to go to votes steve where are you on this I'm I'm with you, Eric. I'm still with Breaking Bad. And actually, I just
2: really want to quickly say, how is better call Saul never won an Emmy?
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: it's sorry. I I know we're going backwards, but man, holy crap. I didn't even think about that. But no, I'm with Breaking Bad. Okay, you did a good job on Order, and I agree with you. Thank you. But is it the best drama? Uh, I don't know.
1: I guess I just think of Law & Order, as good as it is, as television Pringles. And I yeah. look at mm-hmm. uh, Breaking Bad as a uh, supreme stuffed potato. That's how Ooh. I'm going to it. You
0: are not wrong. You are not wrong. Um, and now I want a potato. I, <laughs> like, I, I'm going to stick with Law & Order just because, like... The misogyny around Breaking Bad, I f- effing love this show, but like there's something about it that feels really gross to me now. Um, I got that. I got that. Yeah. um Even though it is an absolutely gorgeous, beautifully made, as, as, if we're talking about an aesthetic achievement, it's stunning. It is. Also, Danny Trejo's head on a fucking turtle. Oh <gasps> my God. <laughs> So many parts of the show that my jaw just hit the floor um, in terms of like, I can't believe this is what's happening on my television and I'm so in it. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm just going to I'm going to stick with Law and Order. Just just, you know, just because (laughs) Kevin Dillon.
3: I'm going to stick with Breaking Bad, but I do want to say and point out something that you said, Kate. Um, I think the reason I like better—I like Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad—is um, because of the character of Kim Wexler is actually an agency-driven mm-hmm. character, yeah. and it's—it's it's like Gilligan, le- Vince Gilligan leveling up. And understanding what he created um, yeah, with, yeah. with the toxicity or what oh, came out of it. yeah,
0: <laughs> It's very um, passive, but yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, how does Rhea
3: Seymour um, not have an Emmy, too? Oh, don't even. <laughs> nominate her, you cowards. Emmy voters, if you're listening to this, I will come to your homes and I will scream at you. But yes, Breaking Bad.
1: Uh, well, there you go. So we will advance Breaking Bad. I'm sorry, Kate. Law and Order oh, that's is... Fine. It's fine. Cha-chunked. Cha-chunk! Uh, <laughs> next, we were unanimous in preferring NBC's ER with one win to Showtime's Homeland, also with one win. But Steve wanted to say something about Homeland, and we swear it is not a covert terrorist plot. <laughs> I think, right, Steve? Great. Well, I
2: mean, I don't have an NSA clearance, but, okay. you know. No, in all seriousness, Homeland was one of those shows that, like, I talked about at the beginning where it's hard to evaluate a show until it ends. And if we were basing this off a Homeland season one, it was riveting. I mean, Homeland season, everyone was talking about it and, and, and Brody and, and all the worst decision that show ever made was not killing Brody at the end of season one. I, I don't know what they were doing, but I mean, Damian Lewis, like he was a real charmer. I get it. But holy, holy, did that show fall off the rails. But yet it doesn't discount the performances of Claire Danes or Mandy Patinkin or the other people, F. Murray Abraham, who were on that show and did great work. It was one of those shows that just didn't feel like it knew where to go after season one. But I don't want to discount the fact that we don't have water water cooler shows the way that we used to. And that was one of them. And I think it deserves a little recognition for that.
1: Yeah, and I'm so glad that we did. I love that point about water cooler shows. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, in a work-from-home environment, <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> uh, but
3: no, Eric, it, what are le- you talking about? I have a water cooler in my house. <laughs>
1: I think with Binge TV, we lost that, right? Because yeah. you can just yeah. through the whole thing, and then people are like, but you don't have those weeks. I mean, like, what's going to happen? Like, I distinctly remember, we'll get there in a second, but having very intense conversations at Mass General Hospital about what's going to happen on Game of Thrones next yeah. week, right? And yeah, you don't get that with bingeable shows. And I well, think and that- and
2: Eric, means- if I may, to your point that there's there's a real, there are shows that deserve binging and there are shows that deserve some time to sit for a week. I just think back yes. to your argument about Sense8 during mm-hmm. the canceled too soon and how that might've done better at HBO. Yeah, And I think that that's yeah. a valid point is sometimes mm-hmm. you need that time in between episodes to really sit with something
1: and think about it. Yeah. It's like a stew. It needs to develop. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like the a Americans, bourguignon, if you will.
0: The Americans is very much that kind of show. Like you can't yes. binge that show. No. Um and it's it's better if you don't binge that show. That's <laughs> yeah. true. But, yeah. but you can binge Breaking Bad. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. And most people the- did. I watched the whole thing in like a summer Yeah,
3: <laughs> The thing the thing with Homeland Jumping into this too It's the only Showtime show on this list uh, Because Showtime Is terrible and does run its shows Into the ground yes. um, Showtime executives please listen to this Just because the show is notes. popular For one or two seasons Weeds, Dexter I could go on Shame. and on Shameless End it it does not need to last more than five years. You can mm-hmm. end a show and you, the problem is, is they don't have auteur driven dramas. And so this is the rare case of why correctly we are moving ER forward, even though it has its bad seasons. It, it's sure. still better than It's sure better than bad Homeland for me.
1: I think that it is a Mm. real statement if we're going to talk about a zombie show that doesn't know when to die, that we're saying that ER is the better zombie show that doesn't know when to die. But we'll get to that in round two. So uh, another ABC show, Hill Street Blues, a four-time Best Drama winner, closed the hatch on ABC's Lost, which had just one win. Before we move on, I would like to pay a little homage to Lost, which I really did think had a profound impact on TV overall. I mean... Uh, you want to talk about appointment viewing about water cooler shows. Holy shit lost. Right. Like that first episode, uh, was unbelievable. I think it's one of, it's still to this day is one of the best pilots I've ever watched. Also one
2: of the most expensive pilots. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and every, every cent of that was on screen. You could see it. Mm -hmm. I remember watching me like, how did they shoot this? Like with the, the airline turbine on the beach and they're, I'm like, what but um it was the the this i think season one won didn't it
2: yes yep
1: and rightfully as it should have because season one probably was its best yeah um, mm-hmm. it had no idea where they were going the
0: returns hadn't started to quite diminish we were still like what does it mean <laughs> the four toad statues um we, we were still wondering what's in the hatch exactly um there was so many
1: so, so much promise in season one and so very little of it came to mean anything but um that first season was excellent television and i don't think we would have many of the shows that we had post that uh, without without lost it for, changed for good or
0: for ill yeah right. but in terms of like what is expected or what is possible in terms of ambition for television, like complete watershed moment.
1: 100, 100. And so after season one gets pretty dicey, but season one, I do think is still deserving of a lot of the praise that it received. Um, Next up, another unanimous victory with HBO's game of Thrones, a four time best drama series conquering the quaint and quirky small town crimes of CBS's picket fences, a two time winner. Anybody want to say anything in defenses of picket fences?
3: I will. I loved, I, that was like the first like adult show that I felt like I watched as a kid. Like for me, Um, I loved Kathy Baker. I loved Tom Skerritt. I thought like the, the, I mean, there's something indelible about a David E. Kelly drama. Honestly, it's so wordy and like, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the practice. Um, but there's just like such a, it's such a writerly show, like the five, the five-ish Finkel character. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. And you had just this like, um, there was like a depth to it and a quirk and heart and it balanced all of those pretty well in the beginning and and it was a solid show um it is that very peak early 90s like transition transition from like the 80s dramas that were winding down into the early 90s dramas that were starting to pick up and where i think a lot of shows like that were leaning into like that or sisters or things like that where
0: it was like sisters oh i God. know i love oh. that show so much
1: obsessed was was northern
0: <laughs> exposure after or concurrent with picket fences i think things concurrent
3: before. before and through like they were kind of connected
1: didn't northern exposure win best drama too it did i think it actually mm-hmm. won more than once it didn't make our lists but yeah yeah
3: yeah, I mean, it's just those types of shows that were, uh, maybe that earnestness of the 90s is very there. Um, with
0: a little, like, Twin Peaks, too, right? They're so like, tell Twin me about peaks. this small town yep. that's got something else going on. Yeah, yeah, yep. With yep. a lot less, like, Menace. you know, red rooms <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> Actually, that that's
3: a great point. See, C- Picket Fences is CBS's Twin yeah. Peaks. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's their version yep. of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yep. really what it yep. is.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kevin. Uh, finally, in round one, we were evenly split between the ethically questionable lawyers of ABC's The Practice, a two-time winner, and the ethically questionable cops of ABC's NYPD Blue, a one-time winner. Kevin, <laughs> speak legalese and plead the practice to the jury. Steve, get grim and gritty with Sipowitz and NYPD Blue. And I'm going to have Steve go first. Well, Eric, you made my
2: point. I mean, it was really the precursor to to Gritty. Like, it it really felt like this was the first show that really leaned into a a darker tone as far as police dramas went. Um, I mean, there were other shows that had darker moments, but this really leaned into a darker tone. It was like the first cop show that didn't really glorify... The police force in the same way that other cop shows prior to that did and and frankly i think sipowitz was was almost our first anti-hero in a way Mm -hmm. you know like he he really Mm -hmm. didn't he didn't fit the mold of what we thought of as like a drama best actor lead actor i should say you know he was he had flaws like real flaws and 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 struggled throughout the course of the series but and I loved NYPD blue, but I would also like to take a spite moment to talk about the practice. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Eddie is a actively bad show. Like what? Duh. Mo- I don't get I mean, these characters aren't likable. They're pious there. But no, but it's not likable as an anti-hero. I mean, they're just like I didn't even care about them. Like they were just, I, I just, and, and and as that series went on, it just got really soapy. And I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you. Like I'm not the world's biggest David Kelly fan. Like I'm just not, it's just not my cup of tea and I'm not, I'm not belittling him. I get the, the merits of, a, of, of like you were saying, Kevin, like a talky drama. And, and I loved the West wing, which we'll talk about later, but like, I just, I don't know. I just never got on board. And then, James Spader got on board and my God, I just couldn't, <laughs> I, I, I really couldn't. And I tried to like the show. Like I was someone at the time that that show was on that wanted to be a lawyer and, and now am a lawyer. And I was just, I couldn't with the practice. There was something about Dylan McDermott and Cameron Manheim and I just couldn't get behind it. So I, 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 I definitely am, am behind NYPD Blue on this one.
1: I would like to say that on a personal note, I would love to get either behind or in front of Dylan McDermott, 100%. whichever <laughs> way he wants to do it. Uh, Just do it in a rubber suit, especially
3: modern, especially modern day Dylan McDermott. I'm
1: fine with that rubber <laughs> yes. suit, whatever. No, he's I'm, on I mean, a
2: very good aging plan.
3: He
1: is so yeah, absolutely. But I'm talking even back to Steel Magnolias because Jensen uh, was a fine and hanging man. And <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kevin Dillon, <laughs> taken away. Well, so I actually
3: watched the first season of The Practice recently because I was like, I know we're going to talk about this show, and I remember liking it. Um, but it's the only show on the list where I was like, I need to go back. Um, I'll be honest. I really rarely watched NYPD Blue. It was not a show for me. I never I, I never got into it. I just never did. I was always an ER person. And to be honest with you, I thought NYPD stole a, a lot of ER Emmys. That's me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for me, the practice was the last network drama to make an impact here. Um, yeah, it was David E. Kelly trying to save network dramas. Like he was doing his edgy thing that he does making the quirk come out. And that's the thing that stands out in this show as well. You had the show starts with these rough and tumble, like lawyers who really are super, like super not, they're not taken seriously. They run a practice for folks who are in and out of the carceral system and whatnot. But there's such, there's, again, it goes back to that thing that, that David E. Kelly Hart, they put their blood, sweat and tears into uh, defending folks who may not have the best defense possible. And I think that it was ahead of its time in like the way it looks at the legal system. Um, And I thought it was really good and fun. And I do think it was well-acted, Dylan, you made my points for me, Dylan McDermott, Cameron Manheim, Michael Bataluco, Laura Flynn Boyle, Stephen Harris, Holland motherfucking Taylor as a judge, Mm. as a judge and Emmy winner, one of I think the best Emmy wins that they've ever given because she was essentially a guest star and won for that role. And she was so good. And you had these wild guest stars like John Larroquette, who was essentially like a serial killer who was like kind of stalking the law firm. So you had the absurdity and like the fun mixed in with it. They did a crossover with Ali McBeal. I will say for this, I am largely, I go back and forth on how I'm judging and I'll be on, I'll name that for folks <laughs> because I'll say I am, I think both shows went off the rails. You yeah, know both sure shows that's, that's their fair. both shows lost their stride, yeah, the James Spader years of the practice they suck, I couldn't. Ugh. He's always playing the same person now. Is, it's not it's, fun. Yeah. Role he's is he's playing same. James Spader. Every role yep. is Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's literally <laughs> that. You're 100% and yet, right. Somehow
1: we all hated him as Ultron. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: he, was listen, he always plays. Listen. And yet somehow we all hated it. <laughs> but, as, but as Ultron, all I could hear was James Spader. So, yeah. What? Yep. Yep. Mm hmm. Mm
3: hmm. I think for me with this, I'm going... Even though the, I do think The Practice stole one of the Sopranos Emmys, um, and they should have one win, um, uh, b- but I think both shows represent interesting pieces. I hear your points about NYPD Blue kind of... They really took... They're the same creator, Stephen Vachko, who did Hill Street Blues. He took his own tent pole and made it that gritty, more realistic thing. It's but I th- and and I think the practice did the same thing for the legal drama. It took sure, the I mean, like basic structures of the legal show and made it grittier LA and weirder and LA yeah. law. Right. Um yeah. and crossover with ali McBeal. Um they did a crossover episode with ali McBeal and who can't like that. Um I mean, but I think I
1: come think on. it's worth revisiting Ally McBeal the twenty twenties. That's go probably long. that's probably true. Oh um, damn it but I, I do want to put this one to a vote. Kate where are you on this?
0: I so between the two of these, I actually didn't watch either of these shows. I've never seen a single episode of either of these shows, but based on my rubric of influence, aesthetic achievement, personal, whatever. Influence, NYPD Blue was the first TV show that had butts.
1: Yeah. male butts. So butts.
0: Butts. But sure. W- sure. wins by a butt.
1: That's a good butts. point. That is a good point.
0: I it's funny when Thank Steve is making his <laughs> Butts and swearing too, right? Wasn't there like they like to the shit and stuff? Yeah, that's true. They
1: did swear too. Yep. Um, I will say this, that um, Steve was making his argument it was a very good argument. But I realized without Sipowitz, do we get Tony Soprano? I'm not sure.
3: true. Yeah. You're not wrong
1: on that. Um, You're not I, wrong. I think that really helped break the mold on what a leading actor could look like in a prestige drama. And that anti-hero, I think has then I mean arguably you could argue that Dylan McDermott's ha- character is itself a bit of an anti-hero. Yep. Um so I think you have to give it to NYPD blue there with the understanding that that show really does go off the rails in a very real way. And I'm not giving it for anything having to do with David Caruso. I never got the David Caruso thing. Not ever. No, um, no, nope. but
0: no, nope. it nope. is. He's, oh, he's great is. in session nine, but nope. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So we are going to advanced NYPD blue and that is it for round one. We're going to take Woo. a quick break before returning with our ultimately unsatisfying conclusion that we'll never live up to this episode's early promise. Welcome back to round two of our best Emmy winner for best drama series debate. While we were gone, the producers replaced Eric with James Spader. We're sure you (sighs) won't mind. Before we get into the (laughs) arguments, I'd like to ask my panel where people can find you on social media. Kate, take it away.
0: So I'm on Twitter as myself, at Kate Reculio, though I'm not really on Twitter that much because mental health. Or if you want to look at pictures of my cats on Instagram, they're Gomez Rack and they're real cute.
1: They are
3: adorable. Kevin, how about yourself? You can find me on Twitter at ET Kevin's Mind, uh, or you can find me on Instagram at Kevin
2: underscore Dylan underscore 23. Great. And how about you, Steve? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at S Nikoloff, N-I-K-O-L-O-F-F-E-S-Q. Um, but I, I, I don't post a lot, but you can certainly yell at me if you'd like to.
1: <laughs> Come for me, but you better be ready when you find me. <laughs> I think that's my tagline for the Real Housewives episode. There you go. Yeah, I, is, I actually think is. it is. It <laughs> um, is. Uh, and for me, you should definitely follow at Great Pop Culture Debate on Instagram and at Culture underscore debate on Twitter. But you can feel free to follow at Eric Resniak, that is E R I C. R-E-Z is in zebra, S is in snake, N is in Nancy, Y-A-K, on both Twitter and the Instagram. So, again, in a first for this podcast, the panel was unanimous in the majority of the round two decisions, but we're still going to talk about it, because that's what we do with the good television. So, first up, in actual debate, three quarters of the panel is pushing Mad Men out of the Madison Avenue window and into the semifinals, but Steve wants to play politics by voting for the West Wing. Steve, you don't need to walk, but I do need you to talk about what you're, why you are a wingman. I Will explain why I prefer to ride Don Draper's carousel any day, and yes, that is one hundred percent a euphemism for John Hamm's nether regions. Steve, you go first.
2: <laughs> I honestly don't know what people were smoking with Mad Men. I, I just never understood that show. But I'm going to start with my pros on The West Wing because The West Wing is probably my favorite show. In this whole bracket. Like, I, I I loved the West Wing. And it came out right at the right time for me. I was in college in the late 90s. And that's when this show came out. And we had West Wing Wine Wednesday. So there's a bit of a nostalgia factor. But going to the actual show, like, it was great. And, and okay, I will be the first to admit that seasons one through four, when Aaron Sorkin was there, were by far the best. And season five was a mess. But mm-hmm. season, six is, season six and seven, when... Alan Alda showed up and Jimmy Smith showed up and we had an actual campaign. I feel like the show found its footing again and it had fun characters. It had great actors. I mean, how many West Wing actors won an Emmy? I mean, I I can't even count them on one hand. I mean, it was it was all of them. And except for poor Martin Sheen, I don't understand that. But to this day, that's crazy. Yeah, it's the only one. Um, and, and Rob Lowe, but, you know, but, but it, it, look, in today's world, I know that the West Wing seems a little schlocky given the political climate that we're in, but it was supposed to be a bit of a salve on the George W. Bush administration when it was written. And, and, and that's where we are. And And, and the last thing I'll say about the West Wing is it's so rewatchable. Everyone rewatches the West Wing. I mean, my gosh, HBO made a whole live episode of one of the episodes of the West Wing. And, and, and I don't know who sits and rewatches Mad Men. I mean, other than Eric to watch John Hamm. But, you know, I don't know what... I have. I have. <laughs> so I I just, I, 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 look, Mad Men was visually stunning. And, and I loved some of the episodes of that show. But just as a whole, I just didn't understand the character of Don Draper. Like I just didn't fully understand whether we were supposed to root for him or against him. Was he a hero? Indeed. Indeed. And also I actually think that Mad Men was a bit of Peggy's story. Indeed. Than Don, than Don Draper's. Yes. And, and I just thought that muddied the storyline a lot. Oh, I man. wasn't sure where to go with mad men and frankly i'll also say and then i'm done is <laughs> god some of those storylines were so slow like i just holy matt why we- is it matt not matt weiner what was his matt weiner
0: weiner. Yeah. Weiner? Yeah. weiner
2: yeah i mean first of all those next episode ons were epic but also <laughs> yeah. like i just i don't know i just didn't fully get mad men that maybe that's just me
1: Well, I want to say, first of all, it was an excellent argument for the West Wing because you made several very good points. And I do think of all the Sorkin shows, it is by far his most successful. Absolutely. By a wide mile. Um, I I actually love the fact that it's a little bit schlocky at this point. I think there's a nostalgia factor there. And it also will 100% back up your argument that there are people who watch West Wing over and over and over again. It is a comfort show for people. I'm one of them. Yeah. It's it's like a, a safety blanket it almost there's something about it that really resonates and and feels wholesome to people in a way it's this is such a bad comparison but I'm going to make it anyway it's almost like the american equivalent of the great british bake off for people like you just <laughs> put it on and you mm. feel better about life mm-hmm. um that that's what I'm going to say regarding madman I love <laughs> Mad Men, and I 100% do get Mad Men. and you are correct that are we supposed to root for Don Draper or not? That is one of the central questions. Who is Don Draper? Don Draper doesn't exist. He's right. completely made up And uh, not to get all highfalutin, but I actually wrote this up. So I'm actually going to oh, read my do it. notes. Do oh, it. Do it.
3: Oh, no. Go for it. I know.
1: I know. I we love preparation. We love preparation H. Oops, I specifically. was to
3: say that. <laughs>
1: I <laughs> <stole> <laughs> your joke. Sorry. Yay, logic. Um, so, um, Um, Let me start by saying Mad Men was a huge bet for everybody involved. It was a period piece starring largely unknown talent, and it was about advertising. Do you know who cares about in the inner workings of the advertising world? Literally no one who does not work in the advertising world. Nobody cares. It's kind of like journalism. How many journalism shows actually are successful, right? But of course, it was about so much more than advertising. It was a pointed critique of post-World War II America and the massive cultural shifts that were going on in the 50s through the 60s. For all the progress that was made, there was an equal pushback by the establishment, which is kind of the undercurrent of madmen, Right. Like we get Dawn into the system as their first black secretary and immediately she is meant to f- feel like an outsider and just absolutely terrible uh, over and over and over again. And that's just one example. But those were the sh- parts of Mad Men that really slapped me in the face. I remember going home for Thanksgiving uh, the year the first was on, and, and I was saying to my father about the show, were people really so openly anti-Semitic in the 1950s? And he's like, oh, my God, constantly. Are you kidding me? Let's Like, we would just say that stuff out loud. And I am saying using the we there to refer to him. That is deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like, it was kind of – rediscovering, ripping down that wallpaper that we all like to look at as that nostalgia 1950s and really examining what the reality was like for middle class America, which is another really important part of why I think Mad Men was important. It captures the middle class and that no longer exists in the 21st century. The middle class life that exists in Mad Men was was not possible pre-Mad Men and it's no longer possible in America. That's fascinating. And um, to me, one of the parts, and I'm totally just lost my part in my script because I was out living. Um, (laughs) There we go. So uh, it is a very personal story about one man or a shell of a man who basically cons his way into this incredible career and a life he throws away more than once. But what I found so fascinating about the show over and over and over again was how it told that story of America at its peak warts and all. And you mentioned that it's also a Peggy story. It is. It's one hundred percent as much as it's Da story, it's Peggy's story. And frankly, it's also um a little Sally Draper story. Sally and, like Sabrina. There's, yeah, there's so many amazing arcs in this show. Um you mentioned how it's gorgeous, the mid century sets, the clothes, the people. We can go on about the cast, but I'm rambling and we're running out of podcast. So I'm gonna throw it to votes. <laughs> Kevin, what do you think? Oh, I'm Mad Men.
3: I think it's an exquisite show.
0: I, it's 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 top tier for me.
1: All right, Kate.
0: Mad Men. It's one of my top three favorite shows of all time.
1: So, Steve, are you going to be incredibly upset because I know West Wing was your ultimate winner?
0: It was, it. but at
2: the same point
1: in time, like if I'll be honest, if Mad Men
2: had featured Peggy instead of Don, I probably would have loved it.
1: But mm. would people have watched it? Is the question. Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah, he's he's, he's the Trojan.
0: Hard. He's the Trojan mid-century man. Yeah.
2: And no, he, I, yeah. but no, I will not be upset. Mad Men was a great show.
1: Great. Thank you for being a good sport. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Next, in a crookout, the panel unanimously agreed that HBO's The Sopranos should keep on believing as it dragged AMC's Breaking Bad out to the Pine Barrens. Another unanimous victory as ER proved the superior NBC drama defunding the police of Hill Street Blues. And finally, in round two, a third unanimous victory, this time with HBO's Game of Thrones raining blood and fire down on NYPD Blue.
0: Kind of like to really imagine them fighting each other absolutely <laughs> uh, i i actually that is some fan fiction that needs to happen
1: right there sibowitz <laughs> versus R- R- rhaegar targaryen
0: butts um, on butts on
1: butts just wait mm.
2: for house of dragons or whatever that's called yes uh,
1: uh, <laughs> i hope that they find some wig moisturizer between the uh the trailer <laughs> and, and, and that show because i was just like Woo, crispy, crispy crispy go to crispy. any drag queen's closet in an, an and you were gonna find better wigs, ladies and gentlemen. So, with that said, we are at a final four of The Sopranos versus Mad Men and ER versus Game of Thrones. I always like to take a step back here and see if that makes sense to me. Uh, I think the fact that three quarters of those are premium cable show actually does yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yep given how cable really transformed what we think of as prestige TV in the past 20 years. Like I was making the list of all the shows that have ever won. And it was really gobsmacking the massive jump that started to happen in the nineties. But then you get to the two thousands and holy cats, it's like a completely different ball game.
0: It's a seismic shift.
2: Yeah. Well, ER, the practice and the West wing were the last ones to win from broadcast, not the last ones to win, but the last like dynasty of broadcast. That was, Yeah. yeah. It's so true.
1: And those are all great examples of tremendous broadcast television. They really are. Um, The fourth of speaking of which the fourth is one of the longest running dramas in TV history, which was itself prestige for at least the first half of its run. So um, (laughs) personally, I dig it, even if it is strange to me that like only one of the that one of these shows only won the best drama series award one time. That's interesting to me that we got someone into that final that it only won once. So Who
0: only won the one time? ER. It only won one year. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it was season wow. two. Yeah, I think it was season was that two. that was the Doug Ross tracheotomy season? I bet. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk, sorry, we'll we'll first talk first about out. that. We'll
3: talk about <laughs> the fact that it okay, only okay, has okay. wins.
0: Speaking of which, let's let's get to these uh,
1: these uh, what is it? The quarterfinals? Yeah, uh, I know sports. So the quarterfinals. It's the, the *Sopranos* versus *Mad Men*. I'm going to go around the horn here first. Um, Kevin, where are you on this?
3: This is a really hard one to be honest with you, um, for me, uh, because I think they're both excellent shows. Um, Both actually, Matthew Weiner involved in both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, Matthew Weiner was involved for The Sopranos Wins, um, which I think is, is a testament to his capability to elevate and create some of the best television drama of all time. I am going to ultimately go with The Sopranos Largely because I think the sum total of its parts is what created the modern uh, uh, cable drama series and created the blueprint for what we have. These two, in all honesty, would be my final two if they were indifferent. Like these would be, I think, the two that I'd be wrestling with in the end if there were no brackets, if you will. Um, so like for me, they're the, they're the best two that exist. Um, and, and, I think they're just really, really great representations of, of, of humanity, uh, and its flaws and all its, uh, nuts and bolts, but I'm going to go Sopranos.
2: Okay. Steve, how about you? Um, well, I mean, I think I've made my thoughts on <laughs> Mad Men known. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, n- you know, next week on Kevin Dillon, look for the Sopranos, but, I, I'm, I'm also going with The Sopranos. <laughs>
0: All right, Kate. So here's where I admit that I've literally never seen a single episode of The Sopranos. No, and which... the podcast. End the podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. I
2: don't even know. I, I, mean, I watched the, 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 the... What's that new movie called? It's Escaping Me. I watched oh, like on the first Many weekend. saints of Newark. Many saints of Newark. Thank you.
0: Yep. I... In some ways, like like I just didn't have access to HBO when it was on, and like I've kind of been saving it for myself. I'm sure I will absolutely love it, but you know, in my special sauce of influentialness, you know, aesthetic object. My you own,
2: lived next to New Jersey.
0: I, I well, not when I was not when it was happening. I was in Boston. <laughs> Still <laughs>
2: closer to New Jersey.
0: I know, obviously, <laughs> but it just I I Mad Men speaks to my soul I have rewatched seasons of Mad Men whole seasons multiple times I like it is in the same way that Dick Wolf put together <laughs> a, a cop show and a legal show this is a period drama and a serial drama right and and I think what makes this show feel different to me Uh, in comparison to A Breaking Bad, right? Which, like, you can see how... We can see why whoever was making decisions at AMC picked up these two shows almost simultaneously, right? Um, That it has this kind of, like, real hard aesthetic vision and style and setting and is about this sort of slippery like, white male main character. Um, Which I think in some ways, and I know it's not fair to The Sopranos, that I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch another Mm -hmm. anti-hero story. Uh," But, like, I just, I'm part of, I'm kind of weary (laughs) to, like, start that show, which I know is unfair. But anyway, what I think feels so different about Mad Men is that I never even feel as though it is passively valorizing him in some ways. It always Mm kind of knows he's an asshole. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. always kind of, you know, has all these other characters. Peggy is in it from the beginning in just as much of a way. And Joan is. And there's all of this incredible cast of characters and people in this place and time that is about mid-century America. It is about a time when middle-class, aspirational American dream was something you could actually achieve during a time of great social change. It is also very much about post-9-11 America. Mm-hmm. Another time of like conservatism contracting against great social change. But it's also because it's about advertising, it's about capitalism, too, and how so much of America's false sense of itself was sold to itself, yeah. it, like, like, me, like explicitly sold to itself by skilled artists. And that is madness, right? Like Mad Men is not just Madison Avenue. It's about the American madness. And it's so beautiful. Um I loved reading uh, Tom and Lorenzo's uh, fashion recaps of every episode, and Janie, I can't think of her last name, but the costume designer, like, how much thought went into every single piece of clothing that everyone was wearing. Uh, Matthew Weiner lists Alfred Hitchcock as a major cinematic influence. Wong Kar Wai is a major cinematic influence. Like, it's just such an unbelievably gorgeous, rich text that, like, is not, just not really... It is about the rot and <laughs> how how we think about what we think the past was, right? The American misconception of who we are and what our past was and what that means about who we are. Now, could I, like, knowing that Matthew Weiner went, like, from Sopranos to this, right? Like, Sopranos is still kind of the, the like, seed for where Mad Men came from. And I found a quote where he was actually talking about how uh, no spoilers. Whatever it's been years, but the baby that Peggy has at the end of the first season that she gives up for adoption, and like just you know, Don holds her hand and says it will. Uh, it's something like it will amaze you how much this never happened, or will shock you yes. how much this never happened. Um, it's such a speaking of writerly shows and that weird pacing and like that it's so literary in the way that it unfolds. Anyway, uh, that was an idea that Matthew Weiner got after working on The Sopranos and seeing kind of what The Sopranos was capable of presenting psychologically, narratively. So that's kind of part of my argument. But the other thing too I want to talk about is that Mad Men is the, one of the great prestige 21st century memeable shows. This show lives in memes forever. (laughs) Not great, Bob, like (laughs) (laughs) the, the, the way people it, you know, for a show that is about surfaces, its surface kind of really speaks to 21st century internet culture in a really interesting way. And that I think is why it is such a rich text and why it is one of my favorite shows of all time. Mad Men. So
1: you're voting for Sopranos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um, he,
1: this is going to be a weird argument and people are going to get mad at me. Um, which show do I personally like more? Mad Men. Which show do I think is a more interesting and more resonant show for me? Mad Men. Which show am I going to put forward here? Sopranos. Why? Not because I don't want to have a tie but I also don't want to have a tie in the <laughs> but also in terms of its impact on the industry yeah. as a whole yeah you cannot undercount how big of a change sopranos made for television um it, it blew the doors wide open and I, I I've said this on other ones t- on other episodes before that mobster shows and movies genuinely just do not interest me it's there's something about it it's like sports i'm just like (laughs) oh yay male pain great um but um i i obviously sopranos deals with it in a much more interesting way with many more layers complicated characters it's um very, I mean, it's stylistic in its own way. Is it as stylistic as Mad Men? Not in. It's not even in the same zip code. It's not in the same. Uh, I, I don't know uh, Italian province, um but oh. I, I think that it is for when it came out, very stylistic. And I think the fact that it's so open to interpretation and people were able to project themselves, perhaps to their detriment culturally, in a lot of these characters. Um. It really, just as much as Mad Men resonates with the um, post-war America, and I think, Kate, you make a great point how it also was echoed in a post 911 America. America. Yep. Um, Sopranos really resonates very much with the generations we're dealing with right now. It yeah. is, there's a lot of truth there. So for that reason, I am moving forward Sopranos, even though of the two... I would much prefer to watch Mad Men. That's just me personally. So, uh, that is three to one. Sopranos moving on. It's ER versus Game of Thrones. I want to start with Kate.
0: Uh, I'm gonna give it to ER. You are wild, but go I know. On. I know. I'm a chaos agent. Yep. Uh, so ER. I remember. Also, you know, it's kind of a very early show for when I started to be, um, you know, conversant in pop culture, writing for uh, HJ. Which, like, now I'm like. HJ? Did we think about that acronym? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly did. <laughs> I, 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 I was innocent, anyway. It was the name of the like. It was written um, by high school, teenage high schoolers in the area where Eric and I grew up. Eric and I were both HJ writers. <laughs> um, but but that was such a defining you know moment for me to be a teen reporter to be able to write about culture and stuff. So anyway, I was I knew what ER was, and it was like ER and Chicago Hope are coming out at the same time. Who's gonna win? obviously er but it was just such a everybody watched it and it was such a beautifully made cinematic show that human that had all these different characters and all these different stories um and it i just think that it really in terms of what tv looked different after er too right like it looked different in terms of how complex um of a story people could get into for years and years and years. Yes, it did kill What's-His-Face with a helicopter, and oh my fucking gosh. <laughs> amazing. amazing. <laughs> it was kind of amazing. <laughs> and and so I think that I'm putting, I'm saying ER over Game of Thrones because I think Game of Thrones is ER with tits and dragons. Like, it's, you know, in terms of the sort of and sort better, written, wildly, kids, and better ri- large, written women. Yes. <laughs> yes. And 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 just like, I mean, Game of Thrones, like I I fell down that hole just like everybody else. But I'll tell you what, I got to the episode where Jamie and Cersei, after what's his after their kid died, Joffrey and Joffrey, Joffrey, which was amazing. I like stuck in to see Joffrey die. And I just like they're like, oh, this is kind of rapey. And I was like, you know what? I don't wanna I don't wanna watch this. And I stopped and I didn't miss anything. And and I feel like in terms of Game of Thrones looked effing incredible, like it looked incredible, but like diminishing returns up the wazoo. So an ER went on way too long. But in terms of a thing that employed a lot of people (laughs) for like two decades, I think I, I just think it's a more impressive achievement to me.
1: Interesting. In television. Uh,
0: yeah. As always, Kate, you, you make the hottest takes.
1: Um, and I'm always so glad that, that you're you. here. Thank uh, you. Steve, your take.
0: Well, I think also I'm George defend... Clooney. Sorry, George Clooney. George fucking Clooney. <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> I, I think that going to what Eric said, like it, Game of Thrones. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and defend the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones but I don't think Kate's gonna sit here and defend the no. last few no. seasons of ER Ten. and I'll so, go and say
0: yeah <laughs> no but the, the, the helicopter death occurred in there and I will <laughs> I will defend that until the day I die <laughs> But
2: what I will say is Game of Thrones really threw the doors open in a way that hadn't been done before for a different genre of show. It wasn't a law show. It wasn't a mob show. It wasn't a politics show. It wasn't a police show. It was a genuine fantasy. And, you know, I mean, listen, I I I, I will f- be the first to acknowledge that season was it eight i think eight seven or a eight? nightmare i don't know like if you read the books i'm not going to go in the books i'm not that guy but my point ultimately being is that the first couple of seasons of game of thrones were phenomenal i mean yes okay kevin i hear what you're saying about women being written poorly but we also have to talk about time periods and things like that but also going back to what we were talking about before who wasn't talking about game of thrones At some point at the quote unquote water cooler, even if it was in your home, you know, it it was, it was a real zeitgeist. Frankly, I think it's going to be the last water cooler show. That we ever have, uh, you know. Oh, I, I, think I don't that know we are, what's that. I don't know, but I don't know about that. I think right. that that's a little. That's giving Game of
3: Thrones way too much credit. I think.
2: I, I just think that in this world of binge television, it's harder for everyone to be at the same place at the same time sure. on the same series to but... talk about a show without spoiling. I'm even just thinking about like Ted Lasso. I'm ahead of my friends who are behind. My point ultimately being is that this was appointment television, and, and people really. Watched Watched it, And my gosh, if you didn't have a party when the f- season premiere of two of or three of Game of Thrones came on, I, I just think that it really opened some doors in a way that the Emmys hadn't in a while of a show that was really in the zeitgeist. And and so I think that ER is a great show. Look, I'm not going to knock it. I watched ER. I loved it. People? But I really think that Game of Thrones was a different kind of show that finally won an Emmy. And, and we had, you know, other kinds like it, but I just think that it, it, it really, you know, all the, 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 the downside aside, and, and there's a lot of downside, but at the same <laughs> point in time, it was different.
1: Yeah. Agreed completely. Kevin.
2: Oh, ER. Sorry. No. I, I, <laughs> hands Yay! down.
3: Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 Game of Thrones is 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 a fine show. The fact that it has won four times though is wild to me. I think. And ER. Is, win I'll,
2: I'll give you that. It, it should have won four maybe times. Maybe deserving of one win. It, it shouldn't maybe, be on the same level as uh, LA Law and and uh, and Mad Men and all that the West Wing. It shouldn't be on that. Wild.
3: Wild. I think ER is actually the
2: show that should have
3: four wins uh, between one. the two of them because yeah, a. It, and it only has one. Because that let me tell you, you want to talk about appointment television? That show was, mm-hmm. was. appointment television. When was. We were talking
0: about it in middle school. Yep, <laughs> when Kelly
3: when Kelly Martin gets mm-hmm. killed, when yep. Dr. Green dies in <gasps> Hawaii, the flood with George Clooney, Juliana Margulies and her drug problem. Yep. Noah... I remember
0: watching that George Clooney yep. tracheotomy episode. I remember watching yep. it.
3: Like, uh, Noah Wiley and Eric LaSalle creating that teacher mentor relationship, while Eric LaSalle being that like assertive teacher who's like, "I'm going to make you better by being harder on you." Laura Ennis and her like mm-hmm. being that like pre Bailey Bailey yes, from Grey's yes, Anatomy. So true, you know you had all of these people, and then even the next generation when it's when it took its shift and some of those folks left. You then veered into Gloria Rubens Mm -hmm. and um, oh my god, Alex Kingston, Maura Tierney, and Sally Sally Fields. It is some of the best acting. I've ever seen in television drama. It's so epically good. And it's a show I honestly keep meaning to go back and re-watch. re-watch. I just don't want to cry. Um, <laughs> um I'll be honest and I know I will. Um it, it was my favorite drama growing up. It's why I was shading NYPD blue before, because <laughs> they won all them damn Emmys, and I'm like, you had some you were fine, guys, I guess. But like but... ER's right there. ER's right there. And, um, It it advanced the hospital drama to the nth degree. Like, it wasn't like, oh my god, Timmy's gonna cut. What are we gonna do? It's like, no, no, no. This is what an ER is like. And this is how we navigate that. And Kyle Richards was a nurse as an extra. (laughs) So, um, by that principle, ER, baby. No, it's just just a great show. I, like, hear
0: the theme song, and when it... It's so... It's just such to, and then you see Eric LaSalle doing the fist pump, like yep. <laughs> so, so It was good. actually nominated
3: the series finale was actually nominated for best writing.
0: Ah. So, I remember watching that too. I don't remember what happened. I remember Carter was old.
3: They like, all came back and they donated money to keep the hospital going.
1: I mean, and as Kate and I, who both uh, worked in healthcare fundraising, get a test, <laughs> thank, you, uh, <laughs> thank you, donors. <laughs> thank you, donors. Thank you. But uh, okay, uh, let me say this going into this matchup, I was like, this is so e- clearly Game of Thrones. Um, and I think Kate and, and Kevin have made excellent <laughs> points. But Kevin made an interesting statement where he said that the acting was epically good. I don't understand how we were having this discussion and the term epic is being applied to ER and not mm-hmm. to Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which is, in my opinion, the most epic show of the past 20 years, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I hear your criticisms about the women being poorly written, and I'm going to respectfully And disagree. also just like
0: the top, there's just a lot, like, there's just a lot of rapiness. But if I, if I
2: may, Eric, and I apologize for <laughs> interrupting you. No, but, you're like, fine. If if I made a Kevin's point of water cooler moments, if you want to talk about water cooler moments, like the helicopter crash, I mean when when Ned Stark was beheaded or the red wedding, I mean there are YouTube threads that are solely devoted to people watching. The Red Wedding for the first well, time. Well, if that
3: if like ER like, was around when yeah. Twitter was around, it would be the same, be thing. The same thing. I'm just I saying hate there are it, water cooler yeah.
2: moments in Game of Thrones too. Uh, yes, there
1: Absolutely. Are. And I there would argue sure. you there sure. are as many water cooler moments in Game of Thrones, with probably an eighth of the episode count as there are in all of ER. And it's a little bit unfair to compare these two, right? Because yeah. th- it's tough. Um yeah, ER had like 9,000 episodes <laughs> and Game of Thrones had like, I think 80, but pound for pound, which show is better? Mm. Um, I, I, I'm going to go back to my point. I actually, about the women characters are, are poorly written. This is fantasy. And um, as, someone an actually,
3: excuse. as someone who's
1: read <laughs> yeah. the books and watch the show, I argue that there are many very well written and drawn female characters in that sh- uh, in that show.
2: Cersei it, Lannister, just I, for one, and the until thing, the very end.
1: I think the, they were arguing that Cersei is a poorly written woman, woman female character. Oh, I disagree. I actually, I disagree, think, I actually think she's.
3: I, I, I actually think she's the best written character. Yeah, in she, this show. she's the best one. I think yeah. she's
1: great. Brienne of Tarth is amazing. Fucking Arya is incredible. The arc that you get with Sansa is amazing. By the way, shameless plug. If you have not listened to yeah. our season one episode of best game of thrones character go
0: there. check that
1: out because uh <laughs> we really get into it um but i really don't think that the, i think Frankly, if we're going to talk about recency bias here, I think there is such a knee jerk reaction to anti Game of Thrones because of that last season. People fucking hate that show right now. And i that's not
3: why I'm voting against it. I actually like the last season. So you're not losing me there.
1: You know, I will defend that last season besides the pacing, which is a problem. But in terms of like the actual what happens in it. I have no problems with that. I actually think it works completely with the narrative. And if you disagree, I don't think you were paying attention. That's just my opinion. Um, But I'm not going to discount the arguments made by Team ER here because you make some very good ones where – like Kate, I was obsessed with that show in high school. Like I, I was, I watched every episode. I was like total ride or die ER for at least the first seven seasons. I never missed an episode. and I Oh, me too.
2: E. Me too. And I'm arguing for Game of Thrones too, but me too. I loved that show.
1: I just think in terms of the overall scope and achievement, what Game of Thrones did is on a completely different level. ER changed the game. No question. Was it Kevin said that? leveled up hospital dramas yes but i think it's been one-upped already i think uh gray's anatomy has oh
3: no 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 er is way better than no 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 you can't those two are like that's like comparing no 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 i'm sorry the gray's anatomy musical episode begs to differ
1: i think if you're trying to say that er was not a soap in scrubs I think that is false. I but think an elevated
3: is- and well written soap and scrub.
1: Okay, fair.
3: It um, was Dallas. It was Dallas. ER was Dallas and Dynasty. Yes. Grace is like Models Inc. Yeah. Model's Model no yeah.
2: shade. But well, you was know like what it is. Inc. <laughs> ER
0: ER is the soap, but it's it's a workplace drama. It's the West Wing. Like it, that's that's right. what ER sets. It does up, have, have a lot in
1: common with the yeah. West Wing. That's true. No. Game of Thrones is also a workplace, a workplace drama.
0: It's <laughs> just that the workplace it happens to be.
1: A medieval kingdom involving dragons. Where was Osha at the wall? That's all I have to say. Oh my God. Hilarious. I
0: can't.
1: HR should have been involved with the White Walkers. <laughs> we could have saved a lot of trouble.
0: Like, I'm still, I'm still right or die with ER in terms of, like, Like, I just like it better, like, yeah, uh, in another universe, like it better. But I also there is something to be said in terms of like a filmmaking TV making achievement. It is it's different. It's a different scale. It's sort of like, what if the new adventures of Hercules was at a degree of writing and Filmmaking. But it's
2: not just that. It's also the fact that it's, I mean, my God, we had St. Elsewhere, we had Chicago Hope, we had ER. They're not all the same quality. What I'm saying is Game of Thrones was so different.
1: And it has spawned an entire new. Uh, I mean, we've got the Lord of the Rings show that's coming up on Amazon.
3: Unfortunately, a little bit. To be honest, like, this is my problem with shows like Game of Thrones. They always spawn, like, and it's my problem with Lost. They
2: always spawn yeah. these knockoffs yeah. that are just not as good. Not good. The but- Boston Legals of Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. Would we have some? Eric, something-
2: look at the wigs. Eric, look at okay. the wigs. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank but you, Steve. Love Thank you. Past- you. Company? You
1: know. Lovecraft company. company, Lovecraft Company, Lovecraft Country. If we didn't have Game sure. of Thrones, we have Watchmen. That's true. If we didn't have uh, Game of Thrones, uh, I don't know
2: that those yeah, are. We would have Watchmen. Watchmen's more of a comic book drama
3: yeah. than it is a
2: fantasy drama.
3: But I time- feel like. My argument against that is, is that those shows center on blackness. Sure. Game of Thrones it definitely
1: does not absolutely. center on blackness. <laughs> it most certainly does not. Um, <laughs> no, yes. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I, are we at a stalemate here, Steve? Are you sticking with your your choice? You know what? Honestly, I, I am, I, and
2: and I don't want a stalemate because I think both of these shows are excellent, and I already know who I'm voting for in the next round.
0: Right. So right, it doesn't
2: like that. really. Matter, that's true. That's true. Go ahead.
0: Okay,
1: so that's a great question here. Let's say, let's say we give a bye to these two shows and it's actually a final three. Of ER okay, versus Game okay. of Thrones versus Sopranos. Let's just let's just have that philosophical rhetorical moment, right? By the way, if you're listening, the minisodes always this happens every time with the minisodes. <laughs> it does. Because it does. There are no, no seeds. Ranking. That's right. There's no seeds, and they're all very intensely personal decisions. And it's um, true. It used to drive me crazy, but now I actually respect it, and it means that people are invested in what we're talking about. So I'm gonna ask. The, the panel let's say it's those final three it's sopranos er game of thrones kate which one are you going with
0: i despite of the three the show that i like the best is ER, i would vote for the sopranos
2: kevin sopranos steve yeah it changed the game the sopranos
1: that's exactly what mm-hmm. and that was my yep. final pick too yep. and yeah. uh i think that is I'm going to call it a draw for ER versus versus game of thrones. I think yeah. they are both really excellent shows. Um, and Look at if, you on. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you see Cersei, tell her it was me. I want her to know. <laughs> Shame.
2: Shame. Uh, RIP Diana Rigg. <laughs> oh
1: God. Um, but no, I think that is the correct way to move forward here with the Sopranos yeah. as our unanimous mm-hmm. winner. And I yeah. think, I
2: think it's the right choice. I feel it's,
1: good about it. It's the right choice. So there you have it, folks. Our pick for the best Emmy winner for best drama is The Sopranos. Do you agree with our choice? Do you demand an audit from the accounting firm Ernst & Young? Let us know your pick by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or yell at us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure you like and subscribe for more great pop culture debate content. Thank you to my panelists. I would name all of you in my Emmy acceptance speech, and God help the sound producer who dares to play me off. Uh, thank Steve in particular for being an amazing Patreon supporter and for sponsoring this episode, and thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions.